Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in our bulletins and we're going to begin right now with hymn number 569, O Christ, our true and only light. disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment both now and in eternity but I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought spoken and done and for the sake of my Savior Jesus Christ I pray Lord have mercy on me a sinner Lord have mercy on us Christ have searches the heart. Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? 
Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. reading for this 17th Sunday after Pentecost is from Exodus 32 verses 7 to 14. This section follows the tragic worshiping of the golden calf by the Israelite people shortly after God had given them the Ten Commandments. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. In this reading, we saw Moses, the faithful servant of the Lord, pleading for his people. And, and of course, it was a test for Moses because it's always God's desire to be gracious and merciful to us and not to exact his judgment on us. So we see, like I said, Moses appealing to the Lord for his grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Alleluia. Alleluia. chapter 1, verses 12 to 17, section where 
Paul is talking to Timothy, a young pastor, and, and Paul reminds Timothy of how he, Paul would look at himself as being the worst of sinners, and, and it does also remind us of how we'd want to look at ourselves, and as far as I know, I'm the worst of sinners. As far as you know, you're the worst of sinners, but Jesus came to save us. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And we'll continue with our next hymn, hymn number 341, Crown Him with Many Crowns.
love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians for whom Christ, our Savior, lived and sacrificed his life. After World War II, Winston Churchill made this comment about the Royal Air Force who had the, the men of the Royal Air Force who had guarded England and recognizing their great service for their country. What he did is he said this, never in the history of mankind have so many owed so much to so few. A similar sentiment occurs on a memorial plaque in Bastogne, Belgium where raged the famous Battle of the Bulge, one of the bloodiest conflicts of World War II. The inscription in honor of the United States 101st Airborne Division, that plaque reads, seldom has so much American blood been shed in the course of a single action. O Lord, help us to remember. These are fitting and well-deserved tributes that were definitely owed to those men who sacrificed their lives for the sake of their country, who sacrificed so much in the course of battle. But of course, I share you those examples because then you're going to say, oh, well, you're going to share a greater example. And of course, the greater example is that of Jesus, our Savior. 
And now think about what he was willing to suffer, endure, and endure for us to pay for our sins and to win for our salvation. He sacrificed his life. He endured the full wrath of God. He endured real hell so that we could have eternal life. Of him, it really can be said, never have so many owed so much to one man, to Christ, to the God-man, the one who lived and died for us and who paid for all of our sins. However, don't we have to confess that most people probably wouldn't recognize or appreciate how indebted to Jesus they really are? It's easy to take Jesus a bit for granted, especially if a person has been a believing child of God for a long time. It's easy to fail to recognize how huge and how enormous his work is for us, how totally dependent we are on his work. And now today, it's our prayer really that the Holy Spirit would build up and strengthen our faith to get us to realize, well, using that phrase of Winston Churchill, never have so many owed so much to one man, to Christ, to the God-man, to what, for what he did for us to win our eternal salvation. And when we think about what Jesus did, well, he welcomes sinners. He seeks the lost and he rejoices when the lost are found. At the time of our reading, Jesus was on his Final trek to Jerusalem where he would suffer and die. And much of the teaching that Jesus did in the different towns and villages along his way to Jerusalem, it was done in parables. And that is, of course, an earthly story with a heavenly, a spiritual meaning. At this time in Jesus' ministry, the miracles that he performed, the preaching and the teaching that he did, it was really being very closely scrutinized by Jesus' enemies. They were looking desperately for something that they could use against Jesus to try to discredit him, but they weren't finding anything. There was nothing that they could use against him, but then they noticed something that they thought, hey, maybe we can use this. When they noticed that the people who were flocking to Jesus were the tax collectors and the sinners, the people who were, oh, in the view of the Jewish religious leaders viewed to be the lowlife, the scum of their society, when they recognized that those were people who were flocking to Jesus and that Jesus was welcoming them, they thought that that meant they maybe had something on Jesus. Our, our reading says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. And well, because the tax collectors, because they worked for the Roman government and because they were known for their dishonesty, for 
charging more than they really should have charged? Well, only the lowest class of people, the only, only the lowest type of people in Israel would apply for those jobs, and, and only the lowest people in Israel would associate the, with those who are tax collectors. And, and now what had Jesus done? He had chosen Matthew, a tax collector, to be one of his 12 disciples. After Jesus chose him, what happened is that Matthew had a dinner for Jesus, and he invited, well, others of Jesus' followers, but he also invited the tax collectors and the sinners, his friends, the tax collectors, and others who were, well, that most of the people in the land who were considered upright would have considered the sinners, the lousy people in the land. But Matthew invited those tax collectors and sinners to come to Jesus to hear his soul-saving message. Throughout Jesus' ministry, people who knew that they were sinners, who knew that they deserved God's wrath and punishment, those people were often the ones that came flocking to Jesus to hear his soul-saving message again. Those were the sinners that came to Jesus because what Jesus did is he told them how their sins were completely and totally washed away through faith in the promises of God. And what Jesus could do for them is if they were troubled by their sins, he could ease their troubled consciences from the burden of their sins. Well, Jesus' enemies... They really thought they had Jesus when they were able to say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. But without even knowing it, what they were doing is they were preaching a most wonderful gospel message. They expected the people to respond to their saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They expected the people to look at that and say, ooh, if Jesus is hanging around with those people, well, we don't want to hang around with those people, and we also don't want to hang around with Jesus. But actually, any true believer, any person who sees his sin and knows the Savior, any true believer, including you and me, can only respond to accusations like those Jewish leaders made against Jesus by saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Because if Jesus is willing to welcome sinners and eat with them, well, that means that Jesus is willing and eager to welcome us and eat with us and spend time with us and, and spend eternity with us. He wants to be with us. Oh, there was a recent convert to Christianity who put it this way. When the story of Christ's death was first read to me, I cursed Judas and Pilate, the Jews and the soldiers. But when I understood it, I cursed myself for I too have crucified Christ. This recent convert, what he did is he saw himself as a sinner who needed the Savior, 
And, you know, it's real easy for us to look at others and see those others as sinners. It's not always easy for us to see ourselves as the sinners that we are, to recognize that, well, without Jesus, even our righteous acts are like filthy rags, that they're contaminated by sin. It's not always so easy for us to see and recognize that Oh, it might be easy for us to join the Apostle Paul in saying, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, it's easy to hide behind that word all. To say, well, all of us are sinners and let that maybe make the I'm a sinner not be so important. But that passage, for all have sinned, well, maybe we need to apply that to ourselves and just say, for I have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's easy to see those others, all those others out there as worse sinners than we are. And instead of thinking of other people as sinners, it's better for us to join the Apostle Paul in words that he had said in our epistle reading for today. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And let's thank God that Jesus welcomes sinners, that he's welcoming you and me, even though I am the worst, you are the worst of sinners as, as far as each of us is concerned. Never have so many owed so much to one man, to the God-man, to Jesus Christ. Let's remember that what Jesus did is he spared no effort to save us sinners. He even goes out to seek the lost as he illustrates in the two parables that are included in our reading for today. Jesus is like the shepherd who cares so much about his sheep, that when one of the 99 runs away and gets lost, well, he has to go out and has to find that one that was lost. He'll leave the 99 to find the lost one. And, and Jesus is also like the woman in this reading who lost one of the 10 coins that she had, who searched every nook and cranny of her home until she found that one lost coin. And then she just rejoiced like crazy when she found that one lost coin. See now our Savior, he cares about each and every one of us individually. Oh, a story I like to tell talks about how years ago there was this family, this family with 11 children, that was on a trip one time and they had stopped at a motel for the night and when they left the next day, they, they accidentally left one of the 11 behind. And this was in the day before cell phones, otherwise they probably would have found out much sooner. But they drove on for hundreds of miles before they found out to realize that, that one of their children was missing. And I guess that's something that could easily happen if you have, well, ten, a, a family of 11 plus two parents, one missing, that's 12 instead of 13. 
Well, something like that could happen so easily. Maybe the parents after the fact said, how on earth could we have done this? But they didn't dip just continuing on, continue on saying, well, we've got 10 left. Guess what's not so bad having lost one? They went back and they found the lost child. And God is like those parents, but yet when one of us would wander off, he immediately knows it, of course, right? And his love, it includes all people. And that's the rich and the poor, the reputable and the outcast, the ones that society accepts and the one that society would reject. And now that's what Jesus wanted to teach those religious leaders in Israel. The ones who figured that those tax collectors and the ones that they deemed as sinners, of course remember, they and all people are sinners. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus wanted those religious leaders to recognize to recognize that the tax collectors and the sinners that they thought should be rejected as worthless, well, Jesus wants them. Jesus wants all people. Our Savior, he came to seek and to save the lost, which is what you and I were before we were called to faith in Jesus, our Savior. But because of God's grace, because of God's grace and our Savior's willingness, our Savior's willingness to seek and save the lost, we can now say as we'd sing, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. There was a pastor who told the story about a man who refused to go to church to hear God's word. And one day, the man's wife said to her pastor, Jim is a good fellow, but he doesn't have much use for the church. The pastor replied, please give your husband my greetings and tell him I hope to see him soon. Well, she relayed that message to her husband and her husband had a message to give back to the pastor. He said, if you want to see me, you'll just have to come where I am because I won't come to hear you preach. And the pastor, he decided immediately upon hearing those words that what he would do is he would go to see Jim. And it was an interesting visit because oddly enough, Jim was working that day on the steeple of a new church in that town. And even though he was working on the steeple, the pastor went to visit him and it was a bit of a job for him to go visit him. He had to climb several ladders to get up to the pinnacle of that steeple to be able to see Jim and to be able to talk with him. And the Holy Spirit used that visit to work on Jim's heart. Later on, Jim said, you can't help but listen to someone who will climb 200 feet to the top of a steeple to talk to you about Christ. This pastor, he followed our Savior's example 
of being ready to seek and to save those who were lost, to go the extra mile to reach those who were lost, to reach them with the gospel. And let's also be ready and willing to do just as Jesus did, to seek the lost. That means you and I need to be ready to go where people are and share Christ and his love with them so that the Holy Spirit can work on their hearts. In Jesus' parable, the, the shepherd who found his sheep and the woman who found her lost coin, they were both thrilled that they found what was lost. So also our God rejoices whenever any sinner repents, when he confesses his sinfulness, his faith in God's for forgiveness, and asks God for help to fight against the sin that's in his life. And, and instead of living like a child of Satan and sin, living contrary to God's will, he looks to God for his help to strive to live as a believing child of God. Jesus said, I tell you that in the same way there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Oh, when you hear that, let's realize that in this world there have never been 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. But there have always been plenty of people in this world who don't believe that they need to repent. By the grace of God, we're among those people in whom God the Holy Spirit has worked faith so that we can repent, so that we can daily go to the cross of Christ and confess our sins and receive his forgiveness and God's help to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, let's just be so thankful that God has called us to faith so that we can repent, and let's rejoice with Christ, our good shepherd, whenever he leads any one of his lost sheep back into his flock. Never have so many owed so much to one man, to Christ, to the God-man, the debt that we owe to our Savior because of our sins. Let's always remember that that debt is the only debt that could make our national debt seem inconsequential. But our Savior, what he did is he sacrificed his life for us. He endured the torments of hell as he suffered on the cross for us. And he keeps on working through his word to call sinners to repentance. He does all of that because of his tremendous love for sinners like you and me. The Apostle Paul said, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Since Christ spared no effort to reach us, to bring us into his believing family, let's also go all out to share the gospel, to share the love of God 
with those who don't know Christ, with those who are lost. Like our Savior, let's welcome sinners. Like our Savior, let's seek the lost. And like our Savior, let's rejoice when anyone is led to repentance. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the, Holy, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. God of steadfast love, you grieve over our waywardness, but restore us through forgiveness. We rejoice that we need not walk in your fear, but can live in the assurance that we are your pardoned people. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, and we have some special prayers to pray today. We pray, Lord God, as we think about the terrible effects of, a, of Hurricane, Hurricane Ian, we ask you to please, oh, be with those who have lost so much. Be with them, give them your help, and give them your guidance. Protect them, watch over them. But especially, please keep on giving them your grace and love because that's what they need more than anything to get through a time like this, but move our hearts to help those who are troubled at this time. And we also pray, oh, we think about oh, Paula Burris continuing to deal with leg infection problems, Colleen, who seems to be recuperating from COVID. We also pray for my dad, recuperating from COVID, now in a rehab facility, trying to build up his strength so that he can hopefully go back to his home. Lord God, as, and we also pray for Stan Krawczyk dealing with you know, infusions and other problems. And, and well, Lord God, please give these people healing if that's according to your will, but especially give them your grace and love. And thinking of Stan Krawczyk, well, 
His daughter Kathy was called to her eternal home on Friday evening. And Lord God, we thank you for the grace and mercy you gave to her in the course of this life. And we ask you now to please comfort her loved ones with the hope of a reunion in heaven, which of course is only through faith in Jesus our Savior. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of announcements, please. Well, you heard some of the prayers that I mentioned today. Please continue to remember them, all of the people who are on our prayer list and you know, remember those who have been affected by, the, by Hurricane Ian as well. In our congregation, well, just a couple notes. Saturday, was Mary Glassbrook's birthday. Tuesday is Rose Doty's birthday. Wednesday, Dan and Lynn Morris's anniversary. Thursday, Greg and Brenda Parisian's anniversary. Friday, Angela Holland has a birthday. And Saturday, John Greathouse and Nick Hubert have birthdays. I think that's what I have for announcements right now. Again, Thank you for joining me for worship. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.